football podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late-round quarterback, and as always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Denny, Dennis, Dennis Carter, 69. Denny, how you doing? Uh, man, you took the joke right out of my mouth. I'm doing well, JJ, and I'm glad to see that your hair is doing well, despite the, the bad hair day that you had on FanDuel TV. It wasn't bad, it just wasn't superb flacco-esque type hair no it was it was bad i i so my my wife even noticed it later today she's like what how is your hair because i did another show i did like a waiver wire show with jim sonis tuesdays are crazy for me i do a lot of shows and i did another waiver wire show on uh at, at two with jim and on that show like beforehand i just did my hair a little bit uh-huh. and then like an hour later my wife was was home this afternoon because avery's sick today and uh my my wife noticed that my hair was already like falling down and then she made the reference she's like you know why women always get new it's like different hair products all the time uh-huh. and she was like because your hair get, hair gets used to it oh wow okay and that was news to me i had no idea if that's a real thing or not but it kind i i i always just say i mean like my hair is really thick so it just falls down like it just slowly right. slowly right. will just like not be where i placed it uh-huh. um but that would be that's an interesting theory it is. I, I don't know if I buy it because I've been using the same hair products for like seven years. I don't really buy it either. For but reason. but here's the thing. I make it so that my hair lit- literally can't move. Like I'm like I'm showing right. JJ right now. I'm touching it and it's not moving. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was one of those situations where I did my hair and I didn't do it like to an extreme level. I just put uh-huh. a little bit in and I was like, OK, whatever. It, hopefully it'll just like stay up a little bit. Doesn't you know, you can go with like the messy look as opposed to like the I did this on purpose look. But then looking back at the videos, it just looks like I woke up from a nap. I've actually done that. I've actually been on a live stream while my hair is a mess thinking that I was not being recorded for the, uh, you know, for the, the, the streaming purposes. Oh, well, I guess I was owned online, but you know what though, JJ as as, as weird as your hair may have been, it was not as bad as your Monday tweet about late round quarterbacking. It was, it was ridiculous. So it was actually, I sent the tweet, uh, on Sunday when oh, Pat, when Patrick Mahomes was lighting up the Raiders secondary in the second quarter, Patrick Mahomes didn't do anything outside the second quarter in that game, but he went nuts in the second mm-hmm. quarter of that game. So I sent a tweet out because clearly Patrick Mahomes is playing out of this world good, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I sent a tweet out and I said, imagine drafting quarterbacks late in fantasy football, right? Like if you can't have fun and poke fun at yourself, then what are you doing? Like yeah, on, right. on, on social media and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I sent that tweet out and, you know, people were like, this is, you know, it's funny, whatever. Uh, but there were a lot of people who don't follow me and they were responding to my tweet being like, well, Lamar Jackson, I got Lamar Jackson and Dak Prescott. And like, they're responding to a guy with a handle late round QB. And I'm not even saying, I don't want anyone to take it as like, oh, you should know who I am. That's not at all what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying that it's so funny to me that like, I send a tweet like that. You're responding to someone with that handle. And even if you don't realize that the handle would be associated with fantasy football, you don't even remotely investigate why that's the handle. It, it is. It's, it's remarkable. The number of non-ironic 
mm-hmm. replies. I mean, but first of all, that's your fault for for blowing up on Twitter and having so many damn followers. <laughs> uh, so that I, that's on you. But also, I I also you I I'll say it because you won't. Where you said you know people should sh- shouldn't know me necessarily. I think if you're on Twitter for fantasy football purposes, I don't really understand how somebody would not know of you at least. So I mean, there's look, that. I, I just I think that that it's easy to like live in our bubble. I understand there are so many people and so many leagues out there and, and whatnot. So I, I don't really get worked up about that kind of thing. I don't care about that kind of thing. I just like so if you look at that tweet for the record, if you look at that tweet and look at the responses. I, I, I went into troll mode. At first I was like, at first I would respond to some of them and be like, yo, it was a joke. I'm just kidding. And then I'm like, wow, I can really make this into a, a fun uh, Sunday night for myself. Oh, so, yeah. so I, I would respond to people and they would be like, oh, I got Lamar Jackson and Dak Prescott in the 12th and the 13th round. And then I, I would be like, oh, but you could have had Mahomes. And they're, and they're, and they would respond back and say something like, yeah, but you have, you're paying such a high cost for Mahomes when you can just get one Whoa. late. And then I would respond back and be like, oh, wow, is that, like, it, has anyone written anything about this strategy before? Mm-hmm. And then like at one point I told a guy that someone should write an ebook about the strategy. And then he was like, and then it's just yeah. like the, 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 the back and forth, just like it, it, it blew my mind that like you're now conversing with someone mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. don't even remotely look at their profile. In my profile, mm-hmm. in my profile, it not only uh, alludes to the fact that we have this show, which, by the way, someone said, uh, some, I was going back and forth with someone who said that uh, you can just stream the quarterback position. And then I sent a message back to him, a tweet back to him and said, <laughs> uh, I wonder if there's a podcast out there that gives out streaming recommendations slash options uh, for, for fantasy uh, <laughs> listeners. And then then he responded and he was like, it's not that hard with like mm. a, a, a weird emoji, like a crying laughing emoji, which, by the way. I know that you make fun of the crying laughing emoji all the time, like on Twitter and stuff. You know how people just always attach that to like yeah. every tweet. No, I, I'm, I don't think anything till. So Brandon, I know I'm talking a lot here, but no, go, go Brandon Gadula, who works for number fire and Fanduel, mm-hmm. uh, he, he sort of introduced me to this idea and I can't stop thinking about it <laughs> about how people use that all the time in a non ironic way. Right. And it is mind-blowingly annoying. Mm -hmm. It's the most annoying. Like, you'll send a tweet out. Like, I sent a tweet out about how uh, the Steelers might not be all that bad off with with Ben Roethlisberger being gone because now they can see what they have in Mason Rudolph and the Browns are good and the Ravens are really good. And someone responded and was just like, the Browns are good, crying laughing emoji. And yeah. so I just re- I just responded with as many crying laughing emojis back at the person as I possibly could just because it's like like and it's therapeutic like this it, time of year I got to get through this stuff by just being a troll back to these people. Yeah, no, the only way to respond to bad faith is with is with worse faith, obviously. That's right, right. Uh, but the, the your replies were very earnest. I mean, people were trying to own you online yeah. by being like, "You can stream." I got Lamar Jackson in the twelfth, and and you were you you played it. You played it really well. By the way, the, the the laughing, the crying laughing emoji can also be used in another annoying way, which is to counteract the seriousness of a tweet. So someone can be like, um, oh, I would totally be there, but I can't even pay my rent this month. Crying laughing emoji, <laughs> you know, yeah, right. like f- four of them right in a row. Right. And you're like, oh, oh, damn. Oh, I'm, I'm very sorry to hear that. But is it a joke? I don't know. I don't know now. <laughs> Because you're you're laughing about not being able to pay the rent. Uh, and and for, for the record, for the record, if you want to send a good tweet that's funny, 
don't put those emojis in it. No, never. Right? That that completely makes the tweet unfunny. No, even if you want to do a who did this uh, tweet, <laughs> yeah, you know. Right. Although, but when you do it ironically, that's when it's hilarious. That's true. That's true. I haven't done that. I used to love doing those. Who did this? I mean, yeah. just for any for any stat, for any like ridiculous comment. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's really good. Uh, anyway, let's look at what happened last week. Uh, who did this? Who selected these horrible? <laughs> <laughs> Who did this? <laughs> uh, Josh Allen was uh, one of our top streamers. He did come through with 22 fantasy points. Derek Carr was also sort of in that Josh Allen tier. Oh. He had 10 fantasy points. I, I thought Derek Carr was going to have a great day after the start of, their, of that game. He, he hits Tyrell Williams for the touchdown. I'm oh. thinking, man, Derek Carr is in great shape. I, I was like 25 points minimum. Yeah, right. Exactly. Then he ends up with 10. Uh, Gardner Minshew had 16, not a bad day for a deeper play. Darren Waller, who's graduated. Uh, I mean, Darren Waller is the late round. Him and Mark Andrews are the, are the late round tight ends this year. Yeah. Uh, he had 12.3 PPR points. Tyler Eifert, another top 12 tight end this past week because he found the end zone 9.9 points. And then on defense, uh, I thought it was going to be worse than it looked when I inputted the, the, mm -hmm. uh, scoring Cincinnati was a bad play. But it wasn't our favorite yeah. play of the week. But they were they were a bad play. Uh, they were the worst play actually. Uh, they they had minus two fantasy points. Oh god. Uh, but Carolina uh, ended up with six despite the fact that they gave up. By the way, someone was tilting in my mentions about Carolina's defense, like making fun of me for telling people to pick them uh -huh. up because they were in my fifteen transactions column last week. Like the, the, Carolina's defense was totally fine on Thursday night. They had they had a safety. Despite despite uh, game script going completely sideways. Yeah, they were fine. They were fine. They were fine. And then Tennessee had eight points, so they were actually a pretty good play. Also, the, the Browns defense, I wanted to mention uh, on the Patreon page, if, for those good folks who are patrons, I posted about the Browns defense as soon as Sam Darnold was declared oh, out. Okay. I believe All it right. was, I'll add that then, too. It, yeah, I believe that was Thursday morning. Um, I think the, the Browns end up with 11 or 12 points. Yeah, I'll have to look it up. But yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll add that to our... Uh, our database. Yeah, right. and so uh, anyway, that's that's the sort of thing. As a nice little plug, that's the sort of thing that you get when you're a patron. We also didn't talk about Andy Dalton last week as an oversight. Someone mentioned it in our mentions uh, after the show, and he was a streamer, but I don't think that we documented it anywhere, which I'm kind of pissed off about. Yeah, I, I, I know. Well, it was looking good until uh, John Ross went like 80 yards for a touchdown. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right, so not the best week. I'd say week one was better, but I guess I guess you could do worse. Let's go on to week three, Denny. <laughs> Let's start with defense this week. We usually do start with defenses, but for some reason, the first two weeks we we weren't going defense. Let's um, get back to let's get back to basics. Yeah, let, yeah. Let's let's get better at this. Uh, so I'll start. I'll kick things off. How about okay. that? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna start things off with Tampa Bay. Um, I actually I messaged Denny before the show, and I said that I'm not feeling Tampa Bay nearly as much as I was when Eli Manning was starter. I still feel that way, for the record. I, I think that of these three defenses, they're my my least favorite that we're going to talk about today. I think the one that you're going to talk about is my favorite. Um, but Tampa Bay, with Eli you know, not under center, Daniel Jones at least has some upside. They don't have much film on Daniel Jones, so who knows how they react to him. But they have everything that you would want to see. You know, They're a home six-and-a-half-point favorite in that game. But the, at the same time, the Giants have actually played pretty well on the offensive line. They haven't let Eli get sacked. I think he has uh, been sacked twice this year. So 
I don't know if the upside's there from the standpoint of like just getting to the quarterback. I think you're really just hoping for a script uh, and for right. just kind of a higher floor play um, and, and hopefully some interceptions. But um, so I, I, I think Tampa Bay is probably my number three of these three. But uh, in a worst case scenario, I think that they're OK. I mean, they're, they're at home. They're favored. And I, maybe the Tampa defense is not as horrible as we thought. I don't know. They're right now. They're top five in yards per play are allowed. Yeah. Uh, and to, I mean, that's that to me is all Todd Bowles, who's now their defensive coordinator, in my opinion, at least. Right. So. Right. Well, I think they fit the process. My my defense. Yes, I think that my defense is the top defense. So thank you for letting me do the Packers defense Yes. Uh, at home against Denver. So. I was kind of surprised to see Green Bay's defense is available in 80% of leagues. Uh, Green Bay is an eight and a half point home favorite. Uh, They forced four turnovers over the first couple weeks, sacking the quarterback on 7.3% of their defensive snaps. That's the 10th highest rate in the NFL through two weeks. The Broncos, meanwhile, uh, headed by JJ slash Joe Flacco, have allowed uh, almost three sacks per game over two weeks. Green Bay... I think could have a a very high floor here. Uh, in my notes, it says powered by sacks. Now take that as you will. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> by high T, I don't know. Uh, sure, uh, Fla- you know Flacco has completed an extremely nice 69% of his passes so far, but he has an adjusted yards per attempt of 5.3, which is not fantastic. I you know I think the Packers both have the best floor prospects here and also have a ceiling yeah I agree I think the Packers are the play this week um the third one that you can go with is San Francisco they're facing uh Mason Rudolph who's getting his first start Mason Rudolph didn't look that bad though against uh yeah. against Seattle by the way I have this uh tendency and I've noticed it when I'm editing my podcast that when I talk about players I have to say their full names when I'm on podcasts yeah, like really? I, I don't know how to stop. I don't know how to just say Rudolph over and over again. I'll say Mason Rudolph throughout. You, the well, show. you're you're like the uh, the announcers who always have to say the National Football League. Yeah, ex- exactly. Right. Or or you know the Green Bay Packers. No one can say say the Pack. No one can say the Packers. Yeah. It's always yeah. Go. Yeah. So anyway. if anyone, if the next time any of you are listening to the late round podcast, now you'll probably stop listening to the show because you'll hear that <laughs> over and over again. Uh, but they're facing Rudolph. There we go. There uh, the 49ers have seven sacks and four interceptions over their first two games. Now they, you know, they've, they've had pretty cake matchups for the most part against Tampa Bay and Cincinnati, but that's not bad. I mean, that's, that, that means that they're at least meeting expectation. They're at home. Uh, they're six and a half point favorites. So you basically have a scenario exactly like Tampa Bay's, but I like the, the front for San Francisco to be able to get to Mason Rudolph more. Um, obviously, I, I mean, I would say that Pittsburgh has the better offensive line, but even still, I just think that San Francisco has a bit more upside than Tampa Bay does to, to get to the quarterback. So I would sure. lean, I would lean that way. Not only that, but Daniel Jones has the draft capital behind him. So you, you have to assume there's a little bit more talent there. Um, so I, I would lean going San Francisco over Tampa Bay. Um, but I think either of them are, are at least decent options. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's move on to the quarterback position. Denny, why don't you kick things off? Cause you have two of the three. I do. Uh, Josh Allen is still out there in 60% of leagues uh, when I checked this morning. He's the QB 10 through two weeks, which is not hateful. And though the rushing appeal has remained for Allen, he's rushed. Uh, he rushed 10 times in week one and seven times in week two. I would guess that he would have rushed even more last week if the Bills hadn't basically you know, taken the air out of the football in the second half 
uh, once they built that big lead against the Giants. Uh, the attempts for Allen have been there, too. He has 67 pass attempts through two games. Uh, the Bills are six-point home favorites against Cincinnati, uh, which uh, gives up 10.3 yards per pass attempt. That's the third worst rate in the league. Buffalo has an implied total of 25 points, uh, which, again, not hateful. Uh, Cincinnati uh, allows 14.8 uh, yards per completion, which is the highest uh, mark in the league. Basically, uh, they're getting just destroyed by deep balls, which we know that Josh Allen can do that. I think that he's, uh, if he's available for you, he's the unquestioned best streamer this week. I do too. And, and you know, in 12-team leagues, if I have him, I think I'm just good for now. Unless, yeah, unless yeah. like some somebody, unless there's like a shocking quarterback drop to the waiver wire, you know. But Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Um, Jimmy G is another one that you could go to. Uh, I don't like him nearly as much as I did before the Minka Fitzpatrick trade that happened uh, on Monday mm-hmm. yeah. uh, because the, the Steelers have been dreadful against slot receivers, like so bad. They've they've given up the most receptions, yards, and touchdowns to, to slot receivers so far this year. That's a continuation off of last season. And then you get a player who can not only play safety but slot corner as well. So it's, it's filling a need, and I think it's mm-hmm. going to have a huge impact on the secondary um, so I, I, you know, th- this matchup isn't as good as it looked, you know, pre-trade and he's going to play this weekend. Fitzpatrick, it sounds like, uh, so the 49ers though, like I said earlier, they're six and a half point favorites. They have the ninth highest implied team total. Jimmy G looked pretty good last week in Cincinnati. Um, yeah. and, and Pittsburgh has now given up, uh, look, they, they've faced Tom Brady and Russell Wilson. So take this with a grain of salt, but they've given up a top five net yards per attempt rate in the NFL. Um, it, it's a beatable defense. It's a beatable secondary. So I like Josh Allen more. I think Jimmy G has some risk, but there's not a lot of go-to streamers this week. Um, I know a lot of people are going to ask about like Andy Dalton. I personally, I, I talked to Denny about this uh, yesterday, but I, I just, I don't like Andy Dalton that much this week. I think that it's kind of frightening against Buffalo. Um, so I, I would play Jimmy G over Andy Dalton, for instance. I would too. You made a good a good argument that, that talked me off the ledge. Uh, well, Look, no, they're, th- the ledge. they're throwing a lot. Their, their neutral script past to rush attempt ratio right now, Cincinnati's this is going to be on the late round podcast tomorrow, but their neutral script past to rush attempt ratio is 3.93, which means they've been throwing it when games are within six points. They've been throwing it basically four times the amount of four, four X, the amount of times that they've been running it. That's incredible. It's wow. insane. The amount of time they're, they're throwing it like crazy. Um, I mean, obviously like last week's game script got yeah. out of hand, but, um, when, when games have been within six points, it's been nuts. Uh, by the way, just backtracking the defenses real quick. I, I forgot to mention, I see a lot of uh, questions about, do I play Dallas over whoever the uh, green Bay Tampa? I, the answer for me is yes, absolutely. At yeah, home of course. against the dolphins. If, if they are available on your waiver wire, they should be your top option. Or if you have them, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Denny. Uh, last uh, one. We have yes. a, a deeper play again. A deeper, deep, deep play. 1840 team leagues here. Uh, Gardner Minshew, the second Esquire. So last week, you know, thanks to some last minute heroics, he actually ended up with a pretty decent fantasy week. Yeah. He, had, he only had 213 yards on 33 attempts, uh, but he had the unexpected rushing appeal, uh, which I didn't know about until just a few hours ago when I looked up his uh, box score. He had 56 rushing yards on six attempts. I don't know if that's sustainable or if that's something that we're going to see every week. He's athletic, uh, at least. Right, but I think it's notable that yeah, he's yeah. he's willing to take off and 
and, and maybe add that uh, Konami appeal. Uh, so the, the thing about the Titans, uh, which the Jags are playing the Titans on Thursday night, it has the lowest, this game has the lowest total of the week at 40 and a half. This is a, of course, an American tradition like no other, the, the Titans sure. and the Jaguars on primetime. Uh, but the thing about the Titans is they're not a great quarterback matchup so far, but 80% of the touchdowns scored against the Tennessee defense so far this season have come through the air. Um, and so I think that Minshew does have some touchdown appeal, and but I don't, you know, I felt a lot better about him going into last week than this week. Um, again, I think he's a desperation type play. Who who would you play out of Minshew? Now that I'm thinking about it more, Minshew, Daniel Jones, Mason Rudolph. You'd still go Minshew. Yeah, because now that I'm thinking about it, I might go Mason Rudolph. Really? Yeah. So maybe we should add him as a deeper play this week. We should have a we should have a Minshew uh, yeah. Mason Rudolph uh, battle. Minshew versus week. Mason. Yeah, I think I would side side with Minshew. So you're going. Okay. With Mason. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna do this. Okay. Uh, the the okay. loser the loser ha- is embarrassed on next week's show. Uh, humiliated beyond beyond belief. Yeah. I'm typing it right now so that I don't forget. <laughs> okay, good. All right. I, uh, uh, what are you going to say? We're, uh, we're moving on to tight ends. We're moving on to tight ends, yeah. I'm going to start with Tyler Eifert. Uh, look, the tight end position, guys, just so you know, the the ownership that's out there, I mean, it's you're, you're, you're really throwing darts right now at the tight end position. Uh, Tyler Eifert, though, he has a 12% target share through two weeks. That's not horrible for tight end. Uh, or as Denny would say, it's not hateful. Uh, <laughs> he has a target within the 10. That's not bad. All you know, it's been two games, and he has a target there. Um, he's likely going to be touchdown dependent, though. Um, but I, I just, you know, a twelve percent target share uh, in an offense that's throwing the ball a lot in an offense that could see a negative game script. I don't like Cincinnati this week, as I just mentioned, but uh, I guess you could do worse. You could do. You could do worse. <laughs> uh, well, I think you could do a lot worse than my tight end, which who is Gerald Everett. Uh, for the Rams, they play the Browns this week. So Tyler Higby apparently has a bruised lung, which medically sounds not to, good. You know, it sounds it sounds bad. It sounds bad. I you know, so he he has not been declared out yet, but I think that may be coming since a bruised lung again doesn't sound great. So uh, Everett saw five targets last week against New Orleans. He caught three of them for 21 yards. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a huge celebration when we can get that kind of opportunity <laughs> off the waiver wire. Um, he had a stretch la- late last season. I think we recommended him maybe once or twice where Everett saw 29 targets over five games. He caught 18 passes over that stretch and proved, you know, a decent PPR option. Uh, the matchup here is is right. Uh, they play the Browns, who, who uh, gave up five receptions and two touchdowns to De- Delaney Walker in week one. I have I have here in my notes. Week two doesn't count because yeah. jet because Jets. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. I actually I didn't even mention Ryan Griffin oh, from last gosh. week because well the the reason why is because we obviously weren't going to play him when Sam Darnold was ruled out. Yeah, I actually said on the Patreon page, I think on Twitter as well that Griffin was not no longer an option yeah, in, right. in any way. Right. 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 Uh, so, but anyway, they they were ripped. The Browns were ripped in week one by Walker. And and this goes back to last year, where I think only one team gave up more receptions to tight ends last year than, than the Browns. Uh, also, this game, and something we look for, the you know, the process, the process, the process, we, something we look for with tight ends, uh, our tight ends in 
high-scoring games. This has the week's second-highest total, and the Rams' implied total in this one is 26.75 points. I like it. I dig it. Uh, another guy that I like, who I like more than Tyler Eifert, I think, this week is Noah Fant. Uh, he ran, he, he's now run the seventh most routes in the league. A lot of that is likely due to the fact that Denver has been trailing a lot, but even still, uh, it's not like that won't happen or, or is not likely to happen this week. Um, he only has an 11% target share. I guess I shouldn't say only because that's not horrible at the tight end position, like for these, you know, third, fourth tier tight ends. Um, but I do think that that should rise also just given the routes run data, given the fact that. He's run the seventh most routes in the league. Um, and he also has a target within the 10-yard line. So he's at least gotten a look there. Uh, so I, I think I think that the, the peripherals are actually there for Noah Fant. Um, it, it'll, you know, the matchup's fine, whatever. Um, they should they should throw the ball a good bit. Um, right. I, I just, I think that he's an interesting play. We're... Um... We're so we're so hungry for something to hang on to with the waiver wire tight end, and but this is not nothing new, right? I mean, this right, is how, right. the way it goes. Absolutely, that's it. You're up. All right. Yes, that is it. Oh wait, no, we're not done. Jason, no, Witt. you, yeah, you. I'm saying you're up. You got one more guy. I'm sorry, I totally blanked. I'm looking. I'm looking at JJ going. What? What's next? What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> wait, I've never done the show before. Um, this is our 6900th episode. Uh, Jason Witten. I can't believe we're talking about Witten. We're talking about Witten again. That's great. You you knew the day would come. Uh, by the way, have you noticed that he looks like he's in uh, his arms are in November mode? It seems like they're really really bright right now. They're they're super bright red. Uh, also, yeah. he's he's wearing a skull cap. Did you see this? Yeah. Oh yeah. He's got no hair anymore. Well, no 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 no. He's protecting the new hair. Right. That's what. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like he's he's. Yeah. But, but have you you've seen him? Like his hair is just like. I mean, he he looks like a. Uh, a chia pet right now. <laughs> oh, you're right. <laughs> chia pet Witten. Uh, make it happen, folks. Make it happen online. Uh, so Witten has four targets in each of the Cowboys' first two games. No one has allowed more passing touchdowns than the Dolphins. I mean, the Dolphins' defense is an abomination unto man, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, really and and, and only, only four teams have given up more passing yardage than Miami. Witten has run 40 routes over the over the past two weeks, which is honestly, if you would have told me, you know, three weeks ago that Jason Witten is going to have 40 routes run after two weeks, I would have said that was generous. So, you know, that's that's a good sign. Uh, tight ends have 16 receptions for 208 yards against Miami through two weeks. Now, that's mostly because the Baltimore tight ends went absolutely nuclear against them in week one. But still, it happened. So uh, Dallas has an insane implied total. 34 and a half points crazy crazy this dolphins this dolphins team is is it's awesome it's so fun but it's it's they're hilariously bad honestly i i i thought it would be more fun in the other direction i thought that we could have some fantasy fun on the offensive side of the ball but there's none no there's none because they're so inefficient offensively that they're not running any plays they, they've run the fewest plays offensively in the NFL despite that the fact that they've been trailing by by so much the only time I've seen a Dolphins offensive snap is when is when Fitzpatrick throws a pick that's it yeah either either that or when have you seen the, the montage of Kalen Balazs trying to catch passes no oh no every every pass he's just not looking or it's hitting him in the back oh was he the one wait was him or Drake who ducked oh that was Kalen Balazs He's terrible. Kalen Balaj. People, people are so into Kalen Balaj. Okay. This is why I, I, I scout through data 
and you can scout through data. You can because because all all like there's so many obvious situations where sure you can point to like Alvin Kamara. He wasn't the lead back in his, in his backfield Mm -hmm, in Tennessee, mm -hmm. but he also had a pretty good receiving share for what it's worth. But regardless, Kalen Balaj played behind Demario Richard in college. The great Demario Richard. (laughs) That's right. That's right. At some point, at some point, and that was for multiple years. At some point you got to sit back and ask yourself why. Why did that happen? Why was he playing behind a guy who's not, I don't think he's in the league, who's not in the league? Like, you have to ask that question. Kalen Balaj is the perfect example, and I said this in the offseason, he's the perfect example of the guy who looks amazing in practice because he's this physical specimen. Mm-hmm. He's unreal physical and, and he's athletic. And then, you know, he looks great in shorts. And then he starts playing football. <laughs> he starts playing football, and this is what you get. So, you guys deserve Kalen Blodge if you drafted him. You know what? I just I just Google imaged Kalen Blodge in shorts and you're right. You're right actually. He does he's 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 a very muscular dude. Uh so that that that's true. But so what what is up real just real quick as an aside, what do you think is the issue with Kenyon Drake? Is he still hurt? What's going on? I, I mean I just think the offense sucks. I look Kenny I, I don't think Kenyon Drake is like that special of a player either. Like I think that he's fun and he's like electric with the ball in his hands at times and he's a good receiver. But they like you know like I don't know. I just Kenyon Drake never did it for me. But but they're they're not using but him. Kalen Balash in shorts. He does it for me. <laughs> he does. He does. It's a you know who who can blame you? Yeah, I don't I don't know the Kenyon Drake stuff. I don't get it. I, I saw the rumors though that they they might ship him. Oh, I I hope he gets shipped you know somewhere where it completely blows up my fantasy team somewhere. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, to recap, we have. Oh, by the way, you can maybe start Will Disley too if you if you I. I I didn't really want to mention him on the show. I, I mentioned it to Denny before we started that I was just going to say this, but he had, his routes run aren't that great. Um, you know, his his target share even wasn't like amazing last week, and it hasn't been this season. But the tight end position is such a dumpster that so many people are asking about Will Disley. Sure, if you have a, a, a good feeling about Will Disley, go ahead and do it. I I want Everett if Higby sits over Disley. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and I would yeah. I would go Noah Fant over him too. Right. Uh, so you have you have Disley and Witten, I guess, and Eifert as lower tiered. I'd probably put Eifert in his own tier ahead of those guys, and then Fant and Everett ahead. Uh, and then you have our our Mason Rudolph Gardner Minshew battle, uh, Jimmy G <laughs> and Josh Allen, and then on defense you have Tampa Bay, San Francisco, and our top play of Green Bay. Can I ask you something about tight end? If you have Jimmy Graham, are you playing him over the streamers? Yeah, I would. Mm. I would. I'd struggle to do that. I don't know. I would. All right. Uh, first question at the pug father at the pug father 22. This was actually asked multiple times. If you poo before showering, do you wipe? Dear God. Yes. People, you, you guys are absolutely insane. Well, the answer not, not, is not, yes. not, not, not you, Denny. I'm saying the people who would even ask yeah. this question. Right. Yeah. I like, mean, like, what are you gonna? Have you ever? Have you ever had your child uh, poop? And and we talked about this in the bathtub, right? Like you you know that like if you don't wipe, there's still even if even if you have like remnants after you clean your your child, <laughs> there's still the chance that some of that falls into the bathtub slash shower. That's it's not a risk worth taking. Uh, yeah, and then and then somebody gets sick. No, this is unsanitary. They, you, uh, every poop is the same, and that you need to g- completely take care of the situation before you move on to the next thing, whatever that thing may be. That's right. 
This next question is from at Burley Boy 77. Who would you trade Devonte Freeman for? Here, here's I, I, I left this question on here because I want to talk about the idea of trading a player on your team for someone else. What you need to do is take the player on your team, a running back, and find a running back needy team and trade him to that team. Mm-hmm. And the, your your consideration set for who you trade for should be like 90% of the player pool. Right, right. Um, because everyone has a value at some point. But I don't think right now is the time to trade Devontae Freeman. They they had the Vikings in week one and they had Philly in week two. Those are two really good fronts. It's, a, it's a tough matchups for Devontae Freeman. That's I mean, my, there's, they, they're still kind of force feeding him, at, at least until they get down by a lot. Yeah, I think, I think Freeman's fine. Uh, next question, at Chris underscore quick. What is your fast food guilty pleasure? On the off chance smoothie life has made you too good for fast food, what is your go-to fast food option when you have no other choice? Mm. Uh, well, if I if I'm hungover, I will I will go to Bojangles. Mm. Yeah, that best, sounds best chicken fingers you can find. This sounds like a North Carolina thing. Yeah. Um. Well, my yeah, it has to be Taco Bell for me. So my 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 go to at Taco Bell are, is two bean burritos. Uh, no, no onion. That's what I get. That's wow, my spe- order. Speaking of pooping before you shower, uh, <laughs> it, it moves things around. What can I say? Uh, it, it, it's filling and it's not like a, a million grams of fat. Um, but, but for real though, I love the, um, what they call it? The Chalupa. Oh, okay. Yeah. When, when I used to play golf, uh, all day, I used to play golf for like 10 hours a day when I was 18 and I would go to Taco Bell and get like three chalupas and a nacho and a large Coke. And that was my, that was my thing. Wasn't it amazing that we could just eat that stuff and it didn't matter? Yeah. Well, first of all, I hadn't eaten all day. And secondly, I had probably burned like 8,000 calories. Right. But also your metabolism is off the charts. It yeah. Is. yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Also, the, the best, uh, another great, I mean, Chick-fil-A is delicious for the record. It is. Just throwing it out. There. I'm mad about it, but it is. Yeah. Next one, at Arby's don't matter. Do you manually open the hole of the wax paper toilet seat covers or sit on a fresh sheet and let those turds punch through that glass ceiling on their own? This is really a poop-based podcast. It's become that. It has become that. Uh, but the, the answer to this is you cannot trust the wax paper toilet seat cover to hold your dump. <laughs> And look, I'm not saying that my my poop is like hollow and very lightweight. I'm just saying you cannot trust that to tear out. You got to tear it open yourself before you put that that nest down. Yeah, you're just playing games at that point. And they're, yeah, they're, right. You're like, what's the point? You're playing games with yourself. Yeah, there's there's no one around. You know, just just, <laughs> just punch the hole and do your business. There's no reason to play games in the bathroom. There's, I, there's I my, no reason. I tell my kids this every day. Yeah, there's no reason. Like, who, who who are you trying to impress whenever your poop falls through that hole? Yeah, I mean, what do you cheer? You know, <laughs> like, like what is the point of that? Do you pump your fist? Is this is this a high testosterone move? I don't know. There's there's no reason. There's no reason to not tear it first. No reason. <laughs> Next question at number one punna, our buddy our buddy Jason Brown. Whose job is it to put the little divider on the conveyor belt at the grocery store? I thought it was the person in front, but the person behind me yelled at me because they said that they could do it. I think it's the person who is approaching the conveyor belt. It's incumbent upon the person uh, behind the person in line. 
It, that's right. The, per, the that person, the per, yeah, the person who's entering the line. Yeah, no, it's that. It, it that's your thing. Like, you, if you want to create the divide and make sure that the checkout person understands where theirs ends and yours begins, then you need to put it on that. It has nothing to do with with the with the other person. You can't depend on that, right? Because you don't know if there's someone that's supposed to come. Like, you can't be on lookout for someone to enter your line, right? Right. Yeah, it's the person who's coming in. That's the person who does it. So, Jason, I'm sorry, but you were wrong. Also, yeah, also, don't get fancy. Don't get fancy. Don't don't think that if you leave four to six inches between their food and your food that the that the cashier will be able to tell. They won't. They won't. They'll start right. grabbing your stuff and, and, and scanning it to go along with their stuff, and then it's a whole big thing. Oh, they have to take it off the they have to take it off the register. The person in front of you is annoyed as hell. Don't play games. Put the divider on immediately. Agreed. Next question. At Cam underscore Wilson twenty six. Do you think this year will help the late round QB brand with the quarterback injuries, benchings, etc.? Or will it be largely discredited as an outlier by big early QB? Seems difficult to make an argument for early round quarterbacks with what has happened. Thanks and keep fighting the good fight. <laughs> what do you think? I mean, I mean, I don't know if this really helps late round quarterback because it's not like Mahomes or Baker or Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson got hurt. Right. I mean, Breeze was going in the 10th round. So Yeah. So a lot of these guys are, are later round options. So I, I mean, I don't think that it really matters. I think that at the end of the season, I'm going to look at the data and look at the correlation between where these guys were drafted and the points scored. And as long as you know, Mahomes and Deshaun Watson do their thing, then it's not going to look great from a correlation. I mean, well, it will look great from a correlation standpoint when we want it to not look great from a correlation standpoint. Sure, sure. Uh, by the way, I saw the question, does Lamar Jackson hurt uh, your brand? And the answer is, of course not, unless you think that Lamar Jackson is the last late round quarterback to have success. I mean, right. if that, you know, if that's the case, then yes, this is, this is a disaster, but it's not the case. We, we, we see this every year to an extent. Now I'm not saying that every year we find a Lamar Jackson, like a clear cut 100% target in the late rounds who has a ton of upside that doesn't happen every year, but, but let's not pretend that there's there's not always somebody appealing in that 10 to 10 11 12 round range you know yeah exactly exactly uh and and the more that we add lamar jackson's to the pool right the more the 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 more it's okay to just wait because eventually we're going to have 12 lamar jacksons everyone's going to have a lamar jackson Right? In the future, yes, in the in the glorious future. <laughs> yeah, the year is twenty thirty. <laughs> After the revolution, every fantasy team <laughs> is gonna have a Lamar Jackson. Uh, next question at FF Tyler. Oh, poop question last week. Shower this week. Now, I mean, it's a shower show this week. Yeah, if we're being is. honest, what's the proper way to scrub yourself clean in the shower? Washcloth, loofah, straight up bar to skin, hands to body. Also. Do you dry yourself in the shower or step outside the shower and dry yourself on the shower mat? Wow, that's a lot of questions. So first of all, the only legitimate way is uh, bar soap. Bar soap's good. Okay, that's good. Okay, so that, I mean, that's, I just. Well, it depends if you're using, like, it depends, like, what's available. Like, if if you have bar soap in the shower, then of course. But if you have, have, like, body wash, then you know that you're doing hands to the body. But, yeah, but I mean, that that, it requires so much body wash, does it not? I mean, it's no different than a bar, like, the bar of soap. Here's the thing, though. You never actually see the bar of soap get smaller. No, right. You never see it no. get smaller. And so I don't care. No, yeah, you're right. I, <laughs> if I don't see it, it doesn't happen. Um, and then as far as the drying off part, 
uh, I dry myself off in the shower because I end up making a huge puddle outside the shower. So yeah, I, I do that a lot too. I do that a lot too. Next question at K of the world, please update us on the status of your main fantasy teams and tell us how you got to where you are in each one example. Oh, and two, because X, Y, Z also share any plans to improve each team. All right. So I'm in wow. 18, I'm in 18 leagues and some of you are, are thinking you're, some of you just crashed your car hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize for the sorry about there. that. Uh, no, I'm I'm in 18 leagues that I I manage each week, and I, I know people who are in way more than that. For the record, um, I have a couple of 0 and 2 teams right now, but they're not as important. Uh, I my my home league though I'm one and one, and week one I played against every top scorer imaginable. So it's oh. one of those things where you have to look at your points for. And look at your rosters and, and kind of ignore record at this point because it's only two games. It's not that big of a deal. And, and it could all be matchup based um, and just kind of go from there. I, I my, my home team league is my one that I care about most. And it's it's good. I drafted Lamar Jackson. I got my boy Christian Kirk. have Saquon. have DeAndre Hopkins because it was an auction. It's a, it's a fun team. So that's where I'm at right now. Uh, I'll just talk about my Apex team real quick, uh, since I am the the champion of that league from last year. Where are, where are where are you in Apex? Right, I know I'm in third right now in Apex. I'm I'm two and two. Okay, I'm three and one. Okay, well you you jerk. Uh, so I I started off zero and two. I won I won the two game situation this week. Um, Austin Eckler is basically saving my ass. Sorry to the kids. Uh, every week and um, I'm streaming quarterback. I have of course a lot of receivers, including Julio. Uh, the ghost of Mike Evans, the ghost of Adam Thielen. Um, oh, oh, but I have Larry Fitzgerald and Babytron. So I, I have a, a host of wide receiver options, as you may have guessed. I also have Darren Waller, which is not hateful, as the kids say. Uh, my my issue is that when Melvin Gordon returns, uh, I'm toast. So. <laughs> Uh, this next question made me laugh out loud uh, when I read it, and I started smirking while Denny was talking just now because I read it again. This is from at time to pivot. How do I boost my T? I want zero. I went zero RB so many times this year. I'm growing IPA moobs. <laughs> I don't think that has to do with uh, with your low T drafting. I think that has to do with the IPAs. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny um yeah i don't uh, you know what though here here's here's something uh uh pete overzet and i uh, fantasy mensa uh, have a uh, an ad an actual commercial coming out uh for people looking to boost their testosterone in fantasy football so watch out for it online nice, nice. uh this next one's pretty serious it's about the brand specifically and I have, I have takes, and I think it's an important thing for us to discuss right now, okay? This is from at Daroni Bones. I love and preach drafting quarterback late in streaming, but if Mahomes keeps this up, I'd seriously consider targeting him early next year. My thinking is that if he gets hurt, I go back to streaming as I usually do. If an early pick at running back or wide receiver gets hurt early, there are less options. And then he says, you could argue skipping Mahomes and picking late could get you someone like Lamar, but guys like him aren't always available at that ADP every year. Just playing devil's advocate here. Late round is my go-to strategy, but Mahomes is making me seriously think about it. Okay, let's discuss this, mm -hmm. okay? This is the typical fallacy that I see when people are thinking about opportunity cost. They're more worried about what they're getting right. instead of what they're foregoing, right? When you talk about Patrick Mahomes 
and getting hurt and you saying the fallback option is that you can just stream anyway. Okay, well, why are you assuming that someone who doesn't get Patrick Mahomes has a higher rate of their running backs or wide receivers getting hurt or busting than you do for your wide receivers and running backs? It's not like drafting Patrick Mahomes early means that your running backs and wide receivers get hurt at a smaller rate, right? The problem is that when you get Mahomes early, when you get a quarterback early, when you get a replaceable position early, you're foregoing the opportunity of having better depth at running back and wide receiver and betting better better options if you're talking about the first or second round. I mean, we're talking about that's where the money is with running backs and wide receivers. We know that there's a strong correlation between, especially those first two rounds, there's a massive, massive opportunity cost. Now, if you approach the fourth round, Sure, it makes a ton of sense. Even to a degree, the third round made some sense for Patrick Mahomes this year if you thought that he was going to do what he did last season, and so far he is, right? Right. But overall, the fact that you're saying, if Patrick Mahomes gets hurt, I can just replace Patrick Mahomes, that tells you right there that the position is replaceable and doesn't matter. Right. Yes, that's correct. And also, we heard this exact same thing. And and it's a good question, by the way. I'm I'm not attacking the... Uh, the listener here, we heard this exact same thing during Peyton Manning's unbelievable season. Yeah. I think 2013, what was it? Uh, anyway, we heard the same thing. If he does this again, then I'm going to have to uh, change my thoughts and I'm going to have to get him, you know, I'm, I, and because because that that's a that's a difference maker. Um, but yeah, I think, that you, right, you're on point in saying the thought that if he gets hurt, I can then stream the position and do okay that's your answer honestly and, yeah, right, and right. you know even if you're talking about a, like a 14 team league yeah and and i think it's it's unfair to say that if your running backs or wide receivers get hurt early then you're totally screwed if you don't get a quarterback early right no, no. like i i think that's an unfair statement to make because you're getting an additional running back or wide receiver in those early rounds that's going to help uh in those scenarios um but look the, here's the deal it would be stupid of me to, to sit here and say Patrick Mahomes is not some sort of outlier who's going to be probably something that we have to deal with every single year through his young career, right? Early career. Mm-hmm. At the same time, do I think that he's going to keep up what he's doing right now? No, I, I don't. And people are screaming regression. Well, actually, no, people are making fun of the people who screamed regression yeah. for Patrick Mahomes and people are victory lapping like crazy. Let me just give you an example of what regression is, Okay. We look at regression on a season-by-season and game-by-game basis. But if we're really going to take a step back, those parameters are kind of arbitrary, right? Those are just parameters for us to neatly talk about regression. Mm-hmm. What regression is, is that is what we saw in that Oakland game. Yeah, Regression was Patrick Mahomes went absolutely bonkers in the second quarter. If regression wasn't a thing, Patrick Mahomes would do that every single quarter. But he didn't because he regressed to a norm. He regressed to what he should be doing, right? There, there is a thing called regression. Like if you think that Patrick Mahomes doesn't regress and that no one, that regression isn't a thing, then, then I can't have a real conversation with you. Like this <laughs> is, is, this is like very, very basic fundamental logic, right? It, like, it, it, like I, the, the, the parameter of a game in a season, if you're looking at it from the perspective of 16 games, then yeah, that's a different conversation to have because there's you're, you're you're talking about a lot more instances than just one single quarter. But if you're assuming that regression doesn't exist, then someone like Patrick Mahomes should score a touchdown on every single play. Right, exactly. Uh, it is amazing how people say, "Well, this player is is um, regression proof." 
meaning math, the, the laws of math don't apply to him. Right. Which is like an amazing like, statement, by the way. Like, like Tyler Lockett. People talk about yeah. Tyler. So yeah. in week one, in week one, I sent a tweet out about Tyler Lockett where it was like, oh, yeah, Tyler Lockett with the most Tyler Lockett line ever because he has two targets and one of those goes for like a 44-yard touchdown or whatever it was. And people responded and be like, well, this is just what Tyler Lockett does. He doesn't, you know, Tyler Lockett's not going to regress. And then they talked to me because I talked all year last year about how Tyler Lockett was going to regress in the touchdown column. Go look at Tyler Lockett's game-by-game statistics. Tyler Lockett regressed in the touchdown column last year. Right. He had like two touchdowns over the final like six or seven games of the season after scoring literally every single week. So regression happens to every player. It's the context in which you talk about regression that's important. Right. right? And then Lockett caught like seven balls last week and none of them were touchdowns. So, you know. Right. And I, I promise you I didn't tilt for for loving Tyler Lockett a ton last week and him not finding the end zone. I, I didn't tilt at all. <laughs> of course he didn't. My goodness. But yeah, I mean, look, I, I know that I got heated there and like it's a I just think that it's a really important thing to, to talk about in fantasy football because people dismiss regression because of these things that are happening with uh, Tyreek Hill or Patrick Mahomes. And I understand that th- there's like a, a given context of like this is, you know, we're comparing to how these guys are going to perform across the season. Well, number one, it's been two games. So let's just mm-hmm. wait a second. But number two, uh, if you're going to dismiss regression the way that you're dismissing it then you have to at least like give us those boundaries as to like where regression is relevant because you're you're if, if you don't then to my point you know every single pass would go for a touchdown exactly. if there's no such thing as regression <laughs> right right and that's not happening yet it's not happening yet anyway all right so that's that's done that was a good question though. i'm glad that we got to be like to talk about like some some fantasy logic there let's get back it's, to poop it's, it's, yeah instead of poop uh, next question is from at CD Carter 69. Okay. I had to start pooping before typing to be hashtag on brand. And so my question is this, would either of you eat a California Reaper and how much would the marvelous patrons have to pay to see this? Oh. It can be in smoothie form. JJ. I, I don't do well with like really spicy stuff. Uh, wait, is that the one that like makes people pass out? Yeah. Like, like I, I don't mind. Like I like like Buffalo flavor, but I don't like it to the point where I'm like sweating. Yeah, there. I I read a a long deadspin piece a while back about, um, it was a reporter who, who reported from one of those contests, where they where people eat these uh, deathly, uh, spicy things until they're vomiting, or yeah. they're crying, or they're drenched in sweat. And you know, it sounds like it maybe not the worst thing in the world, but definitely the top three worst things in the world. <laughs> yeah. uh, and 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 so I have no interest. I mean, if you're talking about patrons, I, I I'd have to think about the price, and the price is probably outrageously high. I'm uh, I, <laughs> unreal high. I mean, we're talking like tens of thousands. Yeah, me. right. I mean, because you're, you're, you're talking about uh, basically you're going to ruin a whole day. Yeah, and and your whole colon. <laughs> Yeah, like, but the patrons are going to have to pay for a colon surgery is what I'm saying. Right. Yeah, you're going to burn a hole in your colon with this thing. <laughs> Next question. At Shooter Spence, if JJ and Denny could be the 12th player on defense on any NFL team, how would they go about defending a play? Example, lining up on the defensive line, being a safety, etc. <laughs> it's so funny to think <laughs> of. A, yeah, to, imagine all of these huge dudes I, with just like monstrous men on the field, and then you just see Denny running out there. I just, would be, I honestly, I would be thrown in the air by an offensive lineman. Like, I mean, I, I guess, I guess it's like picturing Sam Bradford on defense. 
no, no, no. It's like no, it's like a Renfro on defense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Hunter Renfro's. Yeah, yeah. But 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 I was just I was going with more of like the costume look. You know, like the. Like it looks like you came out of the movie Little Giants. Oh right, because it was dumb Jersey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I, no, 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 no. I would not. I'm sorry. I would not be on the defensive line. Um, I no would, way. No, you'd play. You gotta just play free safety and just go Greg Williams style and just sit in this and like sit 45 yards away from the line of scrimmage. I don't even know. I I guess I would just kind of float in the middle of the field and hope that I don't get my head taken off. Um, but the whole thing, the whole, the prospect just talking about it right now, I'm, I'm actually scared. I'm sweating a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm frightened by it. Yeah. I would never, I would never, ever wanted, did you see there was a field level, uh, camera, like a home video of the Frank Gore touchdown that he scored this week. Mm -mm. And it it just, it sounded like, it sounded like an earthquake occurred in that, that portion of, of the field. Yeah. And Frank Gore just, just completely ran over a defender and Ugh. the the noise that it made, like it's it's crazy. Man. Yeah, I think it, it, it's hard. I think it's hard for us to understand like the the impact um, that yeah. that, that these guys absorb and and that they deliver. Um, I mean, let's put it this way: if I caught a pass over the middle and was hit by a safety just coming full blast, I might die. I, yeah, I was actually thinking about this the other day. I think the scariest thing imaginable. At least in sports, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to be. Uh, I don't want to yeah. talk in hyperbole with something like that. In sports, would be being a punt returner. Oh, oh, and just waiting, just waiting for this ball, knowing that these guys are running at you with their four three speed, literally looking to just tackle you. You you have to be just on another planet, awareness wise. Yeah, yeah. you know. I mean, you you have to like be able to tune out the entire universe except for focusing on where the players are. I, you know, and it, when, when I see a player call a fair catch when, when he really didn't have to, I can't blame him. I can't. He's no, he's, he's thinking about his life. <laughs> I would literally be waving my arms in the air. The instant that ball was kicked, I would be screaming and vomiting as soon as the ball got in the air. <laughs> you just, the, the punt goes off and you just look at the punt returner, just vomit coming out. Of his <laughs> just up. Just, I just fall to my knees and start throwing up through my face. mask. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that would be an incredible scene. But, but really, though, I, I actually don't think I could make myself do that. Even if we were playing just a bunch of guys and I had yeah. to return a punt and they were running full blast of me, just dudes, just regular dudes, I think I'd still be pretty scared. Yeah, yeah, I would too. Next question, at Rejected Papers. Since this is a fishing slash poop podcast, what's your go-to smoothie recipe, JJ? I just got a Vitamix and I am 100% in my smoothie phase. Uh, first off, it's not a phase. It's a phase. Uh, <laughs> second off, um, I like to go with spinach in the morning. I go spinach, uh, Greek yogurt, and then I go with uh, some. You can know, get some frozen fruit, whatever frozen fruit you like, and then you just put water in it, and you're good to go. You can just go with a, a quick smoothie. You get that spinach in your body. You get some good Greek yogurt in there. You're good mm. to go. Yeah, you know what your your commitment is is concerning at this point. I I feel like I feel like you're the kind of person who will do this just to own the libs and of course so so even if you're sick of it by christmas you're still gonna be drinking them I'll and tell I'm, you, gonna, I'm gonna lose a bet i'll tell you how committed i am again i mentioned earlier my daughter's sick i think it's like a teething thing probably but she's sick she had a cold she had a slight fever today so i'm like okay well, she can't go to daycare so she stayed home with me in the morning then my wife came home for to take care of her in the afternoon 
And in the morning, I'm I'm hanging out with my dog. I still made the smoothie with a wow. sick with a sick 13, 14 month old. I made the smoothie. Oh boy, man, yeah, you are. That's, that's getting, the I'm, dedication. I'm gonna have to drink a what is it? A White Russian. That's right. That's is right. it is it on on during our show? Uh, it should be. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. I'll drink a I'll drink a good size White Russian. I've got I gotta prepare myself mentally. <laughs> it's gotta be smoothie sized. Oh ooh, wow! I'm gonna be drunk off. And my I do hands. I do like a big like like I would drink a whole like this cup right here. Yeah. See it? Like that 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 would be filled with smoothie. I'm gonna be the dude. You're gonna you're gonna be the 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 punt returner vomiting all over the field. Right? Yeah. You're gonna. I mean, you're gonna end up doing the show by yourself because I'll be in the bathroom. Yeah. Next question at that some beach. I went to high school with Ryan Griffin, aka the tight end one in my PPS league points per snap. <laughs> Do you have any quasi celebrity connections aside from Tom Everett Scott? Uh, you went, didn't you go to high school with like Kevin Durant or something? Well, Kevin Durant went to the same high school that I went to. I'm very, I'm, I'm very old. And yeah, yeah, I, right, I understand. I'm just yes. mean like the same. So idea. Durant, yeah, Durant graduated from Montrose Christian School in 2006, I believe. I graduated there in 01. Um, that's my one connection. My other connection would be Vernon Davis. I was in several classes with Vernon Davis at the University of Maryland. Um, I actually talked to him once because we had to do some sort of group project where he was in my large group. Anyway, uh, he was a very intimidating dude. Uh, um, I used to just kind of stare at him and he would catch me staring back (laughs) because the stories, the stories were circulating around campus about for the fact that nobody could tackle him at the Terps football practices. It got to the point where the head coach put a special Jersey on Vernon Davis that told people, you know, not to tackle him. Don't try because no one can. Wow. So, yeah. So anyway, Vernon Davis is the other one. So I have I have one I have one really interesting one, one that's weirder because she's older. First off, Christina Aguilera went to my high school. That's right. Uh, she grew up like a mile away from my, where I grew up. But then my graduating class, uh, if, I don't know of you. I mean, they're huge now, this group. But Dan and Shay, they're very, very big. They're a country duo. Yeah, yeah. I've heard of them. Uh, and they they have a ton of hits now. I mean, they're like literally everywhere. But Dan, who's part of Dan and Shay, graduated high school with my wife and me. From mm. so so we know him, and she she went to like kindergarten with him, like throughout all of school. And now he's doing his thing. That's it's cool. really it's insane. Like you can just like like he's a celebrity now. That's it's crazy. crazy. I, I I forgot to mention. I also went to high school with Father John Misty. That's my other connection. Father John Misty. Yes, his name was Josh Tillman at the time. Father John Misty is a is a folk recording artist who um, whose nihilism bleeds through every song, and I I, gotcha. I enjoy I enjoy it very much. But yeah, uh, jo- Josh was his name back then. Wow, wow, so many so many connections. Uh, next question. We'll we'll have this one be the last one. Uh, actually, no, there's two more I want to go to. Uh, this next one's at 67 Mike Brown have Lamar and Dak. Should I flip one of them for a flex? I, I think so. Yeah. I mean, for sure. There's no, there's no need to have two. Yeah. People keep asking, like someone said, should I trade Lamar for, for McCaffrey? Yes. Yes. This, yeah, of course. This next question is from at Dan McPhee eight people who chew with their mouths open. Okay. To imagine their death. Wow, <laughs> that's, that's pretty. That, that's that pretty got extreme. heavy. That wow. got, got really heavy. Uh, but but yeah, that's one of the worst things that that you can possibly come across. Yeah, I just uh, sometimes you just want to lean over and be like, "It's okay to stop talking." 
Right. You know, right. You, you, you don't you don't have to talk. It's just like people who say I think Davis Maddox said the other day, you don't have to tweet. Yeah, and, right. Which obviously was directed at me. It was a direct assault <laughs> attack on me. But but that's neither here nor there. But yeah, sometimes you just want to say you can chew the food, finish it, swallow the food, and then you can talk that, you know, it, it can work that way. That's right. Uh, this last question is from at Hulk like sports. I, I love when questions start out with just like a word. And that so so here mm-hmm. let me read it. Peanuts. Okay. Eat the shell to own the libs, or do you shell it since you have low T levels? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I can tell you, eating eating the shell is an extremely high T move. I mean, you are you are you are owning everyone. You're owning the peanuts. You're owning the libs. You're owning everybody if you're eating the shell. Also, you're a maniac. You're an absolute maniac. If I ever was at a baseball game and I looked down the row and I saw someone just chomping on the shell. That would that would freak me out. It would freak me out, and then I would walk up to that guy and I, I would say, "Can I borrow some of your testosterone? <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> you're very high T. <laughs> I, I need some of this, but no, I don't eat the shell. <laughs> Does anyone actually eat the shell? No. Well, I mean, somebody's going to reply and be like, "Yeah, I do for fiber purposes," but it's it's ridiculous. No one should do that. Yeah, you, you've you've never eaten the shell. Twitter is going to come after us. <laughs> you've never eaten the the right shell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've never eaten the right shell. <laughs> You haven't had the right chills before. Oh, man. Anyway. All right, Denny. That's that's an hour of this. We need to stop. Uh, yeah. Where can everyone find you? Yeah. Uh, at CD Carter 13. And my stuff, including my kicker column, is on the Living the Stream Patreon page. I am found on Twitter at Late Round QB. Uh, I have my other podcast, the Late Round Podcast, that you can download uh, and subscribe to and, and get the podcasts every day, four times a week. So listen to that. Denny, we have a tilt montage. I didn't even listen to it. I'm just going to throw it in the podcast. So hopefully there's nothing bad in it. It's, it's definitely a top 69 uh, uh, tilt montage. That's good. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We will catch you next week. Uh, 2.03 Eastern time. And uh, it appears that uh, Mike Zimmer has once again owned me online, offline and online, whatever. I joked that after going down uh, 21-0, the Vikings would uh, refuse to throw the ball until the year 2020 uh, to, quote, stick it to the libs, as the saying goes. And then Mike Zimmer decided to continue to establish the run, and it resulted in a long, long Dalvin Cook touchdown reinforcing of course, the Mike Zimmer base belief that the only way to win in the NFL is to run the ball circa 1959 or 69, whatever your preference is. But I feel uh, extraordinarily attacked by that long Cook touchdown. I'm tilting. 2.12 p.m. in the only legitimate time zone on planet Earth, and it appears that our Cincinnati streaming defense call is, um, well, it's um, not great so far. Some are calling it disastrous. Some are calling it still the worst streaming call maybe in the history of fantasy sports, uh, barring some sort of interception for a touchdown or special teams touchdown. uh, The Bengals defense will be very lucky to, I think, eke out positive points 
in this one, it appears that Jimmy Garoppolo is, in fact, not as bad as once thought I am tilting. I just heard an announcer in the Cardinals-Ravens game say that people weren't giving proper credit to the Ravens after week one because they were playing Miami, who, if I remember the quote exactly from the broadcast, the announcer said they were playing Miami, who, quote, is tanking. I thought that was kind of extraordinary that an announcer would just come out and say it. Like, as a statement of fact, this NFL team is tanking in order to get the number one pick for next season. I don't know if I've seen that. I mean, we've all known when teams are tanking. The other part that strikes me is that it's week two. We're in mid-September, and we're, we're openly, everyone is openly acknowledging that there's a team that's tanking. That usually doesn't happen until conservatively the middle to the end of October, you know, the 0-5, the 0-6 range. This, the, I don't, I mean, is the assumption that the Dolphins are not going to win a single game this year? Uh, 1990s me is uh, very sad about this. Uh, 2.22 in the Eastern Time Zone, and Jason Witten has scored his second touchdown in his many weeks. Of course, of course, Jason Witten is out here scoring touchdowns, and we're not recommending him, even as a you-could-do-worse kind of play. Uh, Witten just absolutely ruining the Living the Stream brand with every touchdown. Really remarkable. Also, I think he's wearing, I think Witten is wearing some sort of skull cap uh, to protect his uh, newfound hair, which, of course, is, a, I mean, a, you know, if you you pay that much for for new hair, you know I, I understand you wanna you wanna keep it, make sure it stays stays put, and that that helmet tears it out. Of course, uh, it's just it's just funny funny to see, uh, and it and it confirms that we're not going nuts that he did have some sort of hair replacement situation, which of course is the name of my next album. Uh, 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time, and I, I was told that Cliff Kingsbury would be the one to break the many unspoken NFL rules about going for it on fourth down, uh, pushing the norms of keeping the offense on the field, and apparently I was told that incorrectly. That is not correct. This team loves, lives for the whole, whole offense is designed around getting field goal opportunities for Zane Gonzalez. It's doubly tilting for me because I have yet to recommend Zane Gonzalez uh, because he doesn't fit the process. Because the Cardinals are always underdogs, and we don't we don't love underdog kickers. So Kingsbury is literally killing me this year. Some real-time garbage time statistics coming up. Cousins drops back with five seconds left, throws it to Thielen, who pitches to Diggs. Diggs at the 40, throws it back to somebody, number 31. The ball's loose. Packers may have it, and the libs are on. 4.22 p.m. in the Eastern Time Zone, and I have to say that Austin Eckler may have had the most frustrating 24-point fantasy day in the history of the game. And it, and it might not be close because 
he had a Chris Johnson-esque screen pass touchdown called back. He had he had another touchdown that was ruled a fumble right at the goal line. My kids are screaming. They're just they're ruining my Eckler bit. It's making me tilt even harder. I mean, Eckler should have had 40 points, 40 plus points. He should be the RB1 going into next week. He'll be, I guess he'll be close since he had a big week one. But uh, really, really something to have 24 points and feel like you got owned. I'm tilting. 4.32 p.m. in Eastern Time Zone. And Jared Cook was just smashed by the safety for the Rams and uh, bobbled one. And it was picked off. Uh, I take this as a personal attack and a personal insult aimed at me specifically as the, as the last uh, Jared Cook truther. I just want to take a moment to remind folks, I don't know, you know, I know some of you have been around for all of Living the Stream and, and others have are pretty new to the show, but uh, I, I, I stuck with Jared Cook. No matter what, through the through the very very darkest times, uh, when he was in, when he was with the Rams, and so to see him have a chance in a good offense, even though so far it's, it's not happening, but you know it's only two weeks, so shut up about it, just shut your freaking mouth about it. Uh, but anyway, it's good. That's good. I'm tilting. 7.07 p.m. in the Eastern Time Zone, and Cooper Cup has just gone full Marshawn Lynch uh, against the Saints, which makes sense, I guess, now that I'm thinking about it, because when Lynch had that run in the playoffs where he so uh, properly uh, held his jock as he jumped into the end zone, I believe that was against the Saints. So the Saints have been owned viciously once again, this time by Cooper Q. Cup IV. Uh, congratulations to the Saints on continually uh, looking like big idiots all the time. You know, one thing uh, about having the Denver running backs is that you know they will have uh, weekly usage in this offense since Joe Flacco is absolutely washed up, or washed as the children say online. And has no confidence going down the field. So once he makes his obligatory first and second read, he then checks down because he knows that if he throws it downfield, there's a pretty good chance it's going to be incomplete or picked. So the Denver running backs are going to get a lot of passes, it seems. Not that they ever do anything with them. You know, they just kind of catch them in traffic and they're tackled after two yards. Uh, But, you know, PPR. It's the only legitimate scoring system for a reason. I'm tilting. I have to say that David Montgomery is probably the poster boy for high testosterone fantasy football players. Every time I log on, whether it's in the middle of the week or football Sunday when the Bears are playing, uh, my timeline is filled with tough dudes, high T dudes just screaming their heads off about why David Montgomery is not getting the ball every single play. Why is why is Montgomery not getting 45 to 50 carries a game? This is what my timeline screams. I can almost feel my own testosterone rising 
as I as I see these these tough guy high T tweets come across the timeline. Meanwhile, you know, as an extremely low T guy, uh, dangerously low testosterone, uh, I'm just rooting for Tariq Cohen to get a few more targets. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out LakeGroundQB.com. Hope you come back soon as we share about the teams.